August 17, 2022. It's the Wife for Pedro show. Oh, I would, uh, I tell you. Um, I believe that uh, men are to, are here to, to grow mm-hmm. themselves into the full, into the best good that they can be. At least this is what I want to do. And, you know, this is my belief that we are supposed to, I am supposed to go to the best good that I can get to. And uh, when I, as I, as I'm going there, becoming this, and uh, when I become, if I ever become, it, this will just come out of the horn. So whatever it's going, whatever that's going to be, that's what it will be. I'm not in, so much interested in trying to say what it's going to be. I don't know, mm. but I just hope I, I realize that good can only bring good.
Watch for Pedro Show Happy we- uh, Tuesday, Brother Matt. Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, it is Wednesday. Happy yes, Mercury. I don't know what number it is. Mercury's, I think, for Mercury, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Germans, I think, call it middle of the week. Oh, Which, shit, yeah, midweek or something can tell like that. You're not men alone, Brother Matt. We got somebody from Austin, Texas. Yeah. Vi- just visiting, just visiting. And uh, it's Chris Spencer, Brooklyn Board. Yeah, welcome. Oh, thanks, man. Thank Absolutely, Chris. Long time ago. Uh, been a fan of yours. And cool. Hey, I wanted to ask you, how, how's it how's it going playing with Flipper? Oh, I've done. Where well, you know, I've done it two ways. There was three years ago, I helped him with a Europe tour, and David Yao was doing yeah. the spiel. And now I did two gigs with them as Power Trio. Yeah, yeah, I want to check it out. Yeah, so it's, it's a cool. little different. It's, it's cool. But, but, you went to the first it one, right? Alex's, Matt, Alex's yeah, Bar and yeah, Strong yeah, Beach. And then I did one up at some place called Monty by the huh. Terragram Ballroom downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's like north, just north part of Cape Town mm. on a, like whatever that is, Beverly? Mm. No, Beverly. <laughs> somewhere downtown that they're trying to make it into a Manhattan. <laughs> okay, let's. But yeah, let's get you anyway. Uh, you know, Minutemen played with them cats uh, forty-one years ago. I remember playing with oh, them up in the city, and you never know, right? When you yeah. might be playing yeah. with those cats. I'm, here's another thing I remember to get. You know, I talked to people like like the, la- the last guest we had on uh, Portland cats named uh, Supplemental Pills, and asked him about th- getting shit thrown at. And these a lot of these younger bands have never had shit oh, thrown man. at. Them. And what I remember about <laughs> that, that gig with Flipper was getting hit. You know, shit, puke, piss. That, I mean, the bodily things are pretty disgusting. But what hurts? Yeah, yeah. I've had people spitting, like tons of people yeah. in London, fucking spitting on us, and I like stop yeah. and say, "Hey, man, we're not fucking, you know, the Sex Pistols. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> but but I remember that gig with Flipper. I got hit in the chest with a D battery. Oh, now they hurt. Oh shit! Yeah, they hurt. They hurt. I think our master volume has got too much value. Coming down because we're yeah we're pe- peeking her up, but uh, so yeah watch what you th- throw what you, and, and, and you know and it wasn't just you know yeah opening for Black Flags but it was opening for Primus opening for Beastie Boys Stone Temple Pilots it didn't matter oh you know, well. in fact the more do wave the more they hated you. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean the guys in the band were cool that's why we were playing they asked us to be you know open up but yeah. the audience yeah, don't yeah. want nothing yeah, like, they fuck, came to see those they think guys. it's a bum rush by management or something yeah. I don't know what the fuck they did <laughs> yeah we played with, we did a tour with Slayer and like smaller what they call smaller clubs which yeah. to us were giant anyway but yeah we didn't, we didn't get spit on but we never stopped we would let everything feed back between songs and just never get them a chance give them a chance to say fuck you Slayer yeah the smart minute, move you know I saw it happen with the Ramones silence, I saw but, it with the Ramones with Black when Ronnie D- James Dio Mob yeah. Rules I think it looked like sideways snowstorm on Joey. Wow. I couldn't believe all the shit flying at because the spotlight was on him, right? So at the Long Beach Arena. Oh. And it was just a fucking Man, sideways snowstorm, like going wow. through the grapevine when your headlights get uh, all yeah. clogged up. Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of shit. So, yeah, so they so, were, uh, Tom Araya was telling me that we, he was really shocked that we were one of the first bands that no one throws anything, threw anything out. And I was like, what about Motorhead? And he was like, no, Lemmy was getting pelted with plastic cups. Oh, which man. Is, yeah, talk about demeaning. Like, Plastic holy crap, Lemmy. You know, like, what okay. the fuck? 
I'd rather get hit with a plastic cup than a glass beer. But but let's get into yeah. your story of music. Can we bring, Chris, please bring your earliest musical memory. Oh, shit. Uh, record or live show? Just music, right? Like maybe, uh, yeah, A lot I of people mean, say like, I'm riding in the car with my ma and <laughs> pop and they got their radio on or some shit. Yeah, which I would say close, but uh, no. My mother was in a bluegrass band when I was a kid. Cool. Um, so it was really just these weirdos playing bluegrass with her, a bunch of hippies. Okay, but (laughs) then did you have, uh, instruments in the pad you grew up? Yeah, yeah, there was, there was shit everywhere, and I mean, I still have an old fucking Martin triple O eighteen that this hippie guy gave to my mother because he liked her way back in the day. That's worth some bones. Did you jump on any of that shit as a kid? What? As a kid, did you jump on any of that shit? Yeah, yeah, those guys taught me some shit, but it was really, you know, basic stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, here's a D chord, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, what, what about but, yeah. what about school? Were you in the marching band or choir or shit like that? No, no. Me and my friends were kind of, you know, a little later we we were the stoners who just kind of hung out in the basement of my friend's house and just jammed all day. You know. Okay. Oh, <laughs> but you were on the music tip. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, with guys from my school, too. But the band stuff was really way too well, straight Let me us. ask you this. Yeah. First record you bought with your own money? Oh, uh, The Cramps, Gravest Hits. Nice. Gravest Hits. That's a good one. So, songs <laughs> the Lord taught. I got to record in that studio. In oh, wow. Holy shit. Phillips Recording Services. And what about uh, the first live gig you saw? Oh, uh, <laughs> the first live gig. I... Well, for the very first, just to be honest, was Aerosmith Toys in the Attic. <laughs> oh, I remember. I think I saw the tour before that when ZZ Top opened and blew them away. Oh, shit. Oh, my, yeah. <laughs> this is before the pink cowboy hats. But, yeah, 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 they I had the smallest it. setup for you know, arena. Uh, like yeah, we were yeah. talking small clubs, right? I never went yeah. to a club till movement and stuff. All I knew was arena rock. Because I'm yeah, 13 yeah, and 19... Did. 1970, I'm 13. So the first gig me and Dee Boone saw was T-Rex. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Everybody says Holy that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> first time I went to England, I went to the tree where he got killed. Uh, now, uh, I met his son. He named his son Roland, right? Roland Bolin. He wanted to hear because he, he was only one or two when his pop died, so he wanted to know about that gig, so I told him. Uh, so... Uh, so you kind of answered my question. N- not after school, I graduate, but in the afternoon, you did the bedroom band, the, the basement band, garage band. Yeah, the basement band, yeah. totally. Just hung out with my friends. We were all like skaters, and we just kind of hung out and skated and, and played rock music in the basement all day. Okay, <laughs> so, so uh, who, who knew what to play what? Well, uh, a couple of my friends were drummers. I was just beginning to play guitar. There's some older kids who played guitar way better than I did. Well, what, uh, you, what, what made you go to guitar rather than go to drums? That that hippie guy showing you the D chord? Yeah, just the shit I learned from my mom's friends when I was a kid. Yes, totally. And then when I got to be about 14, I remember saying to my friends, like, hey, guys, we can actually play a show if somebody will sing, you know. And <laughs> at 14... Well, let, let me back up a bit. What, what kind of material? Were you writing songs yet? Yeah, we were just starting to write shit, just kind of stupid, crazy shit. Um, so you didn't go through a phase of, like, copying? Me and D. Boone, there was this period. When we, like, we didn't write any songs until the movement. 
Oh, because yeah, th- that's the way it was in the seventies. People just copied shit off records. Yeah, yeah, and all the guys, the older guys that I was talking about, they all knew covers, and I was like super impressed. You know, they could do fucking like Bad Motor Scooter or whatever oh, by yeah. Montrose. Or That's uh, like that. Ronnie Montrose, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw I it like, in the Sammy Hagar opening really up for it. But then, the keyboard, so we they didn't have a bass. The keyboard did the left hand on his organ. Oh, what yeah. was the other one? Rock the Nation. It sounded like oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Who said Nation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them. I think we lost Ronnie Montrose. I think he uh, killed himself with a bunch of pills. Yeah. Oh shit! But he was a good guitar wow. man. Yeah, I gotta say. So they, they yeah. you, you dug those guys. I remember that's what it was. It was like building models. Like, like he could do that. He mm. built that. You know, it ain't Don Garland's, but he built Don Garland Swap right number twenty one or something. <laughs> so, uh, uh, can you remember Chris' the first song you wrote? Oh, I, it didn't really have a title. You know, <laughs> you can remember. Nobody would sing, but yeah, I do. I remember. I can still play the riff to this day. Yes. It was kind of stupid, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, you, I you remember, it, and it's got no name, so it's called like first song I wrote that's got no name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It was like I was telling you, like nobody would, nobody would sing. We just nobody would, would sing forever. You had two drummer friends. Forever. You were the guitar man. How, how'd you find? Come on, I'm, I'm kind of prejudiced this way, Chris, but who did you find for bass? Uh, my best friend Paul. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he got drafted. And, and how did he get? Did he get drafted? You put him on the base. Yeah, well, he oh, he God. had a precision. He had bought a precision off some guy, so he had That's a base. That's a good first he also, base. He, he also, yeah, it really was, really was. This was seventy, so he had some good shit. You know, it was a good base. Um, but he also had like a couple strats. He was like, he was oh, trying he guitar to, also. Yeah, he was doing some guitar shit, and then it was kind of like, well... We're going to talk about types. What type did you have for your first guitar? Uh, My first guitar was a 69 SG. Wow. Yeah, single coil. Is it a lot of money? Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones that Pete Town, you see him breaking them at Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think they were called specials. Yeah, $299 I spent on that, and I saved for months for that guitar. Wow, wow. Yeah. Look, I want to play organ donor. It's time for Oregon Donor.
things up for grabs. Far from having new life, feels and looks completely dead. Feels and looks completely dead.
Well, they've stacked them all up in concrete blocks. They've left all this totally open for property developers to make a fortune. As long as you don't want to build houses, that's the way it seems to me anyway. It's a city there. Far too important for ordinary people. Yeah. Sterilised by greed. Sterilised Back to life, so I'm making it a playground for the wealthy. Playground for the wealthy. We spend billions every year on making missiles that are so powerful that they're redundant before they're made, because our only hope is to try not use them. Why could we spend some of that money, just some of that money, on making this a nice place to live for everybody?
Off for Pedro show. We started that chunk of music off with Unsane doing organ donor. And then Sawako and Kosei Kumatsu with opening morning. Cube, watch pot boils. Uh, model home featuring Michael R. Bernstein, a fly on the wall, plus dog plus. I know, but I don't know. Some more insane. Scrape. Great, too. Scrape. God, that's a hard word. Because the image comes yeah, with it. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't wash you it can, out of my fucking head. That, right. Also, all the knee feel. surgeries I had. Yeah, oh, feel. shit. Yeah, just, yeah. I feel the scrape. Right. And you with the knee, right? The fucking ASL. ACL. Uh, she's gonna. Uh, this Suzy Analog featuring 3RP Boot, brand new Vex Party with Weird Weather, Noisuka, Red and Ho, The Big Swoop from Floating Problems, and finally, we're a little early people, but November from Human Impact, which is what I think you got happening now, right? But we'll get to that, we'll get to that. Okay, so we could do a gig, guys, if somebody will say, because at at the moment you guys are a power trio, no, well, yes, basically, but we kind of had guys coming in and out, you know, anytime, like other friends would show up and just kind of use an amp that was there and shit. Now, now um, were you insane yet, or were you still uh, the lawn chair blister, or what? No, we did there was no name, we were just okay, like okay, guys okay. just fucking hanging out jamming, we okay. had no, that was kind of the issue, it was like... We, no, no, I've had people up. on the show, Chris, in fact, from Austin there, uh, Gary Floyd, because uh, dudes were scared to make the band so what you would do is you'd make flyers of your band and put them around town and like shame guys into coming to Prague <laughs> so they would already have flyers before they even fucking play together <laughs> so you guys did it the yeah. other way where you just jam without a name <laughs> yeah you know so it was like okay somebody's got to sing and so I nobody wanted to do it it's hard when you're a kid you know when you're like 14 try finding somebody who really wants to sing you know you try you, you know, know where you somebody, go because that's that sounding that sounded like junior high days, right? So I yeah, think if yeah, you well, want a singer, you, yeah, junior high, like yeah, you're in junior high and you're looking for a yeah. singer. Don't look in the music department, drama, no, drama <laughs> yeah, department. Yeah. You don't know how many dudes so, I've had on the show, Chris, the, the singer men especially that come out of drama. <laughs> oh shit, yeah, they're like thespians. So shit, if you, you know? ever get bit in that wayback machine, you know what to do next time. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me about the, the first. Uh, so you guys do a gig without a name. And then, like, you're forced to be the singer, man? Yeah, I just kind of was like, okay, I'll give it a fucking shot. Somebody's got to do it. And just totally blew out my voice trying. You know, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. What about word-wise? Who comes up with the spiel? Oh, I had to. Who else? Okay, so not only did did you have to deliver, you had to also compose. Yeah, the guy, everybody's, we were all just a bunch of stoners. Nobody really wants to have the spotlight on them. You know what I mean? It's like, that's too intimidating. You know? Yeah, awkward, so, awkward. Oh, totally, totally. So I had to try, gave well, it a well, shot. Well, tell me about that first gig. It was just some shit at our high school, you know, and we just did what we could. It was semi-disastrous. Um, but uh, at the same time, we did it, and we got through it, and, you know, that was... One step further into uh, actually playing in a band that actually got out out of the basement. So, and, and uh, does this lead to getting a name? Yeah, uh, it was kind of this really our base. Well, Paul, uh, my old friend, uh, came up with this this really stupid name, Amplified Rice. 
<laughs> so that that was initially what my uh, band from you know, Genoa, Italy band called was. Rice on the Record. Kind of close. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, close. <laughs> it's still in the rice sort of genre. You know? <laughs> right, right. Okay, so uh, okay, so where do, I'm just going to abbreviate and say the rice. Now, where, where is it? What's next for the rice? Uh, we just kept jamming and then I, you know, we just kept doing shit. And then eventually we were kind of playing sort of as one of the openers at like at later at older kids proms and stuff. Um, so we did that. We just kind of did high school shit, you know, around and played some shows at people's houses, crap like that. What about, um, uh, uh, some, uh, pools? You said there was a skating thing happening. Yeah, right? no, we we were, but we were. I would that, at that time I was in San Francisco. Okay, and we were all hill skaters. Oh, yeah. So there aren't really many pools. Who's in the San bass Francisco. guy up there? There's yeah, a, so Tony, it's fucking. Uh, who's who's it's the bass all the player? Really steep shit. There's know? a there's a bass player up there, Tony uh, uh, Gonzalez. Uh, oh, you know who am I thinking? He's a friend of Ray Barbie and uh, Chuck Treese and those guys. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's a bass man, because there's a crossover between skate guys and music guys. You know, Tony uh, Independent, that he was a bass man. Uh, Tony huh. Alva. Tony, Tony Alva. Tony Alva. My fucking oh, Tony brother. Alva. Holy shit. Yeah, but really? the, the Tony I'm thinking of up in the city was, uh, he has a Latin name, Tony uh, Gonzalez or... Tommy, uh, Tommy Guerrero. That's his uh, name. Tommy oh, Guerrero. Tommy Guerrero. Oh, my God. Huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Because huh. he, he's a, an old, old well, kind of old timer, I guess. Not as old as Watt, but up there. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you, you, you still hadn't put skating together with music, or they were still different worlds? Yeah, yeah. They were just two totally different things. Yeah, totally. It was, uh, you know, we just kind of recreationally skated with this crew called Fogtown. Um uh, you know, obviously a total ripoff of Dogtown, but San Francisco. <laughs> but, but you know um, what? Have you been to Pacifica? It gets foggy there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it sure does. Right down from um, the abs, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So but, when, um, when, when does the insane thing happen? That when I was about 17, 18, I, was in New, I went back to New York. I grew up in Rochester. And then my mother moved out to San Francisco. I just Francisco. played there this last tour, Eastman Kodak in Xerox. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, my mother worked with Kodak. Yeah. Wow, okay, okay. Yeah. And yeah. so so you go back. So, so the, I go the back The Unsane Forms in Rochester? Wait, what? The Unsane Forms in Rochester? No, no, we were in New York. Okay. We were in, uh, like, Manhattan, basically. Um, okay. Yonkers, really. Um, Yonkers, the north but, part, okay. Yeah, north, the of, north of the city. And then, uh, so me and Pete and Charlie, they were just guys from my school. Okay. Uh, Charlie, we met Charlie, he had a big bag of weed, and me and Pete, Pete was my roommate. So we, I just, again, drafted my good friend to play bass um, <laughs> and kind of taught him the songs. And uh, I just had a son PA in my room. So we could, you know, it was like a four-channel PA, you know, just an old sun head with four channels. So we could basically plug anything in and run him out of that. And then we so you're practicing in an apartment. You no, know, it was just like a cement room. Okay. You know, like a dorm chamber. room or college. <laughs> yeah. So then, then when we you bring the motor, it's a, a gas chamber, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally, like, seal it up. Um, but we heard there was a guy who had a drum kit and a big bag of weed. 
Yeah. Uh, some, somebody on our dorm told us because we were using drum, a drum machine. So we went over there and drafted Charlie. And we started out just doing noise shit. Like we were really into like throbbing gristle and SPK oh, yeah. and crap like that. So we do these long. Did you get to see? I think the last throbbing gristles gig until way later was in the city, where because we saw the one before in Culver City. Here they blew out the uh, PA in the first song. Oh shit! And I met Genesis. Yeah, he he did it with the bass. He was playing too loud. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you guys were big into throbbing gristles. Okay, okay. We love that band, man. And every record was a different trip. And oh yeah, 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 hamburger lady. I almost hit I almost hit Genesis one time. He, we played this place, the Limelight, and yeah. we just it was just a total noise fest, sweat, and just really intense. And then this guy jumps up on stage and starts try hugging me, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Get off me!" And I fucking push him back. And I looked at him. I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking Genesis P. Orange." You know? <laughs> yeah, it happens. I'd rather yeah, get yeah, hit I, by I a piece of Genesis than like, a piece oh, shit, of shit. You know, I didn't want to assault you, you know, but, you know, whatever. So tell me about the first Unsane gig. Who first Unsane gig? I, I can't even remember the fucking name of the bar. It what was happens? this bar on Houston Street. We played with this band, the Reverb Motherfuckers, um, <laughs> who really helped us out and gave us shows with them. They were local guys. Uh, by no, then, I remember we were, those uh, cats. I remember those. Oh, you do? Yeah, we were doing shows in, down, you know, Lower East Side, East Village, uh, Manhattan. So, yeah, we hooked up with them and then did some shows and we were just starting out, you know, really. Would would you call that first gig was a success like the school with the unnamed band? Yeah, yeah, that would, it was good, man. People were into it. You well, know, it, it was okay. better. I was really, it was better. I was really surprised because we were really noisy. We were really into just feedback and, you know, just crazy, shrieking, loud fucking craziness. Um, so that one went well. And then our drummer, Charlie, met uh, John Spencer and Christina Martinez. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And John, and John was like, and John was in Pussy Galore at the time. And he was like, yeah, you guys, if you want. You can share a practice space with us down on Avenue B. Um, so then we moved into their practice space, and it was us, Pussy Galore, and Cop Shoot Cop, and a band called Railroad Jerk at one I point. I think uh, Cop Shoot Cop had two bases. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Nats and, uh, and Todd Ashley. Right. Yeah. Look, yeah, so that was gotta kind t- of we got to we, we got to put a little pause. I know you're a rebel without a pause, but I got to pull one here because we're at the end of the first hour, Chris. August 17, 2022, just what? Peter's a special guest. Chris Spencer, all time for hour two. August 17, 2022, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
comics You remember those Long before your time The only reason comics With stories on the cover But it's too old You won't find them Unless you borrow my copy It is about the Mustard disaster You find out which way it fell When you check the alabaster Then you will know the real Archibald Come on, man
Off of Pedro Show. Start off second hour. Unsane with Vandal X. X or 10? Roman numeral 10. X. Okay. It was this stuff that we used to to get the graffiti off our van when we left on tour. Oh, I used some of that shit. What was it called? Here they give it, it starts with an S. But I had to use some because some green, green spray paint. Luckily, I got it within an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a huge, the whole, the tr- I have a white uh, Econo yeah, line, white so the whole fucking. <laughs> yeah, we had a white Chevy 10, and okay. it was fucking in, in every side of it. Those yeah, are like quarter ton. You don't want to tour in a ten. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> we did. Balls we did out, Chris. Balls out. And no. it had no insulation. It yeah, was I just fucking. No, those were like urban uh, straight sixes and like for uh, phone company vans. Those ain't for touring. Okay, track no, pile after that. But we we did like Canada in February in that thing and fucking <laughs> slept in. We'd be in the loft and fucking mummy down sleeping right. bags. Fucking we called it the shelf, right? Off. The conch sex, yeah, mummy yeah. sex. Like we had chat pile from uh, Oklahoma City after that. They, brand new Pamela. Uh, Horde of two with no one owned anyone. Human impact. This is your current thing with contact. Uh, Witch egg. This is D- John Dwyer from OC. He's got a new band. Instrumental. He's getting into this instrumental stuff. Your hatless friend. Oh, that's a trippy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. Yeah, no Pull shit. Pull your pants up, <laughs> Arthur Comics. Now, this was the Blue Oyster Cult before they had Eric Bloom or Joe Bouchard in the band. And then Unsane with Against the Grain. Okay, so you guys were touring Canada in a Chevy 10. Criminy. I remember uh, uh, Minuteman Black Flag used uh, Billy Steve, Steven, uh, the descendant drummer man, his daddy's Chevy 20 and burned that baby up in one tour. There's all 10 of us in there. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys knew how to uh, uh, be more uh, empathetic to your machinery. So uh, uh, where did you guys re- record your first Unsane stuff? Because uh, with... now I remember, Thirst yeah, had a they... buddy named Wharton Tears, and I think maybe it was Wharton, huh? Yeah, it was Wharton. Yeah, it was in his basement. Uh, we. I got to John record there Wharton. with Bob Quine. Huh? Yeah, and everybody said he's going to tear your head off. He's a mean man, but he was really nice. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so he shows to go you right. Wait till you meet him. <laughs> maybe he's mean to them for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Wharton Tears, yeah, I love the guy. He's got a big, he's got a project going where he, because he's a drummer man, and uh, I love the idea of drummers leading bands. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And then, but you, yeah, Wharton's cool, man. He's really nice, uh, and he really helped us out. It was not expensive, you know, it was super cheap, and we we could just do it in his basement. Yeah, more basement rock, you know. Right, right. Um, and then you had bad luck with your drummer, right? Yeah, yeah, Charlie OD, OD'd in 92, but we'd been going for a long time, you know, we started in like 88, so we'd been going about four and a half years, you know, and, and just fucking living together in the van, we were doing like eight week tours consistently, you know what I mean, like sure, two sure. or th- yeah, yeah, so we we Black, were- Flag. Black Flag would do 100 gig tours, they'd do four month tours. Oh, my God. Kay oh. would fly back to UCLA take her midterm. She still got an engineering degree, but it's oh, kind of, it was kind of tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, so, I okay, okay. So, so four years. You know what? In band lifetime, that is kind of a long time. Yeah, yeah, it seemed long. But also, <laughs> also too, Chris, I will say, in the older days, it seems things changed a lot quicker than they do these days. seems things nowadays stay the same for a longer period of time. Yeah, that is true. That is true. In those th- days, things change. 
God, especially if you go back to the 70s, man, uh, the late, yeah, the first punk stuff, you know, like it up Hollywood and stuff, man, yeah. things changed like by the month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A year was a long time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> way long time. Way too yeah. long time and stuff. And, uh, I remember ranking Jeffrey Lee Pierce, you know, writing ska reviews yeah. and Slash, and then he's, he got a band called band, a Gun Club. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And then the bags bass player marries the singer of the damned and so anyway you you oh, lose shit. your drummer, man. That's sad. And he was Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, it, but you guys were really young though, right? Well, no, I was like I mean, I was old enough. I was like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, but you if know, you're together then, four or five years, that means you started in your teens, as unsaid. Yeah, well no, twenty one, twenty. So I was twenty five, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so yeah, that's where you went to college, van van school. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. You know, if you call a tour more than a month, I just did my sixty seventh one. So I'm, I mean, I'm way into it. I'm a, I'm like you, a true believer about that stuff. Uh, but what what did you do, man? When you lose a guy like that, now he's he's yeah, the guy with the motor, done, right? He wasn't the yeah, guy we from old school. We had done one show. Uh, Jim Thurwell from Fetus had oh, asked. Yeah. Uh, I remember Jim had asked us Australian guy, right? The what? Australian guy. Yep, yep. And then he had asked me and Pete and Charlie to be his backing band, but then to also have two drummers and add a drummer, this guy Vincent Signorelli, who... So we had done this one show that was just like an 18-minute noise epic with Jim singing, um, and we had the two drummers, and we had a European tour coming up, so we just sort of said to Vinny... Uh, hey, man, will you just fill in on drums for this tour and we'll see how it goes and see if you want to hang out after that. So he did that tour and then he wanted to stay. So we stuck with him. Um, but then along the way, too, I, you know, there was one tour Vinny was heard. I played with, with Dale Crover and uh, wow, Cody Willis. Yeah, yeah, we did tour with Melvins and those guys, their drummer, because they had two drummers at the time. They filled in with us. Cody? You know? so there's, was Cody on yeah, the drums? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. What's that? Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Cody Willis. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Big business, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. That that was a good version of the Melvins. Yeah, that was man. That was awesome. They were yeah, really good. Yeah. And, and but brutal. Uh, you you lose your bass player. Uh, eventually, yes. Uh, Pete dropped out. We had this. Uh, we were starting to do kind of bigger tours, and Pete just kind of lost interest in mainstream shit. Um, so <laughs> it happens. But, yeah. I think it's better yeah, than going yeah. the other way. <laughs> you know, you get, you get it. You start doing these bigger things and it's like, it just becomes kind of a grind, I guess, for some people. Sure, I, sure. I just fucking th feel thankful. I get to play all the time. Um, you know, everybody comes from different places. You think yeah, about uh, that guy who was uh, that poet man, uh, Arthur Rimbaud. He only writes poems two years and that's oh, it. Shit. And he was, he, he was still a teenager and then he's running guns in Abyssinia. You know, some people, it's just a little hitch, and other people, it's their life thing. Elvin Jones dies on stage with oxygen tanks, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, just people are different, not bad or evil uh, or good. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. People just have different priorities. Yeah. He wanted to go into fine art. So I, he was working for Disney for a while after that. You know, once after he quit, he really dove into it. Yeah, so. you don't want to get into mainstream shit, right? Yeah, I know, I know. There you go. <laughs> totally. What the fuck? Fucking mouse rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who do you get on bass? Uh, so we got Dave Curran, ah. who actually, 
our manager found us a guy and we were at that time we were doing this biohazard tour and the guy was kind of flaky and we i i sat down with him i taught him all this i told him the whole set and everything and the first three shows of the tour he's he just fucks up every night repeatedly and i was saying to him like hey man i'll I'll sit around with you all day and we just go through this shit until you really know it. And then he, oh, you're being, you know, you're putting me down and stuff. I'm like, no, we just need to play right, you know? <laughs> and then, but then our sound guy was a guitar player, had played some bass. And he, me and him would sit in the hotel and jam after shows. We'd be actually just playing music after the show at the hotel. Um, and I was like, hey, Dave, you can do this. You could actually play the bass. So then we got our sound guy. To fill to learn the entire set between Las Vegas and L.A. Wow. And we had, what? Wow! I mean, that's great. The other sound man story who joins the band is uh, no means no, right? They get that guy because oh, yeah. it, it was just know. the brothers, oh. and then they got he who cannot be named, but he lives in Holland. People, <laughs> he can't be named. <laughs> I just can't yes, think so of they, it right they now. They learned the set, and we played the whiskey that night. Dave, Dave whiskey go go in West Hollywood. What? The Whiskey Go-Go in West Hollywood. Yes, sir. That okay. is correct. Yeah. But, I remember we, you, we, we weren't allowed to play there. Minuteman was a violent SST band. Uh, you know what got us in there? Fear. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. I remember going into the dressing room to shake uh, Lee Ving's hand, but John Belushi was handing him the pipe, uh, the glass pipe uh, you know, with the torch. You know. Oh, so shit. You guys are busy. Wow. Right? You know. Young man, I'd like Excuse to talk me. to you. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah so like what happened at this gig, Chris? Wait, what? What happened at the whiskey with you guys? Oh, so Dave just pulled the whole thing off. Didn't make one mistake. And he ah, learned it. Ah, shows fucking... to go. Yeah. So people, the lesson here is jam with the sound man. Don't use the pick from the manager, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I know. But... <laughs> No, yeah, Less the manager did not know, know, you know, shit from Shinola, so to speak. So, you know. All right, Chris. Look, it's about that time now for Brother Bat Spin Cycle. All right, here we go. Second week of technical difficulties. Checking out side two of English as a Second Language. For 198, considered a nice guy. My message is uh, don't take shit from people that you shouldn't take shit from. Don't be nice to people that don't deserve it. Help people that are going to help themselves. Don't, don't do things for flakes. Don't do things for dishonest people. Don't do things for people that step on you. That way you'll have a lot more time and energy to do good things for the people that deserve it. The blood will trickle, spurt, then gush, the way cheap paint spills into shallow buckets. No one will know anything happened until a horrible stench forces my landlady to break into my apartment and find my defunct flesh lying on the fetid stained carpet. She starts to cry as she thinks to herself she didn't even pay this month's rent. Her meaty little fingers replace the receiver and minutes later a few taciturn men in careful white coats remove my body. A larger neighbor drools as the carpet is being shampooed for the new tenant. He hopes it will be another young girl so he can break in and rape her. Old White Women on Vermont 
It's no longer Benson's Drugstore, it's Alvarez Botanica, and the old white women walk alone through crowds of young Latins, like forgotten relics of a past world, frowning at loud radios and the babies crying from apartment windows. The old white women on Vermont wait on bus stops, wearing musty gray day coats and large black hats, wait for something, their pink skin sweating in the brown heat. Goodbye, pork pie cravat. That's C-R-A-V-A-T, English spelling. There is a box, and in the box is a bag, and down at the bottom, busted open with the cotton removed, in the brain and belly of Lester, there is a bump on the head of Lester that, he says, look, it's working already. It's such an unsightly bump. There is an edge, and the edge is Lester's home and hearth, 365 endless big ones a year. Spin on that axis so that Lester may spin with the wind. There is a smell, worse than Lester, but no one has smelt it. There is a cleaned-up Lester, alleged, smelling like roses, but the roses are dead. There is an urn in El Cajon with petals scorched and blistered, smelling like John Morthland's luckies in a tray. There is a life, and in this life, so-and-so is fucked. U.S. Pregnancy My belly is a bowl of neon and sawdust scraps Yours is full of beer and baby shrimp now What have we created? A load of bricks and snot? No, American biology Blue chip stamps for diapers Visa for the crib Someone has to expel it Create some bloody familial linkage Snap go the bonds Crackle goes the labor Pop goes the uterus of this boisterous playpen, the sugar-coated Havana that feeds a family of 4.4. The glory of love. Fat, juicy worms slide all over the glory of love, coating it with a mucus, a membrane that directs impulse to spew, cerebral lust to melt like cheese in hidden ovens. Soldiers bear guns while sunning, or sleeping under rocks, or eyeing distant prey. Some come with dressy symbols that leer, or chew sticky tributes, creating somber puzzles or helpful IDs. Oh couplet, oh cutlet, oh parallel, oh buzzard, oh vestige, oh organ, oh seedling, oh fast, oh error, oh loop, oh bell, Oh marriage, oh cripple, oh bitch, oh telephone. Who am I, mourns the flyer, the dollop, the dark statuette, the tricky diaper who thinks I do love you. This is untitled. A is for nipples that pinch like thorns. B is for schoolgirls who look like meat. C is the friend who crawls like bugs. D is a pity that smothers like blight. E is my dream of Lewis McAdams. A is for schoolgirls who pinch like thorns. B is for nipples that look like meat. C is a pity that crawls like bugs. D is like blight that smothers my dream. E is a friend of Lewis McAdams. A is for thorns who pinch like meat. B is for pity that crawls like nipples. C is a friend who smothers like schoolgirls. E is Lewis.
This is a public service. Deposit gift on doorstep. Run hard if after three. Leave calling card in grass. Remove glasses. Remove top skin. Remove gloves. Catch blood in funeral urn. Wrap with arteries and sperm. Record pulse. Attach to packaging. Ring bell. Smile. Deposit bomb like Bon Voyage. very carefully cut the wing from the body and he'd hold his knife like it was a pencil and then uh, these movies would come on the screen and you'd see all these bodies falling down into the ground and then you'd see um, all these people lying on the ground dead and then you'd read books um, that would freak you out um, weird things would happen Once upon a time, a young rock and roll fool went out about his merry way, trying to get that super, super airplay, singing, hey, look at me, I think, I think I'm on my way. Caught up in his rock and roll dream, singing, hey, look at me, I think, I think I'm on my way. Suddenly across his climbing fever, a proud delight, Old man sack speaks. Kid, this ain't no sightseeing tour. Kid, this ain't no mere nightmare country. No twilight dream. This ain't no Alice Cooper Wonderland. Kid, this ain't no master plan. This ain't no Scandinavian scandal. This ain't no Knoxbury Farm. This ain't one of those Hollywood wax museums. And we ain't lost in nobody's lying country safari. This ain't no long lost walk to Chinatown. This ain't Rita Jean Bodine trying to get off, off the ground. No coat hanger was a strap for sex. An old coat hanger was a strap for sex. And I said, this just can't be real This man stood there out in the rain He said he was waiting for fame, but he didn't have a name An old coat hanger was strapped for sex An old coat hanger was strapped for sex And I said, this just can't be real Just, just then the man jumped up and screamed He said, kid, this ain't no rock and roll dream He said, kid, this ain't no sightseeing tour He said, kid, it's really... Look at me, look at me, I'm a clown, I'm a clown, 
juggling, juggling the wine bottles I'm flying around. Look at me. I, I, I'm a clown. I'm a clown. Juggling. Wine bottles. I'm flying around. He walked the tracks into town. We all rode out in our cars, met him there, and told him to turn around. I didn't know what a Negro was. I saw metal gates on liquor store windows in Chicago. I asked my mother why. She said, burglars. What are burglars? Negroes. The first time I saw one, my mother said, roll up the car windows and lock the doors. He had a scar across his forehead. In fact, his head was split in two. Years later, when I met him, he autographed my cocktail napkin. Stay pretty, Percy Mayfield. And he kissed me twice. Give me a beat. A heavy beat. Let's work up some heat. Let's get the natives on their feet. Mm, get me some hooks and some different looks to catch some fish. Tons of fish. Demographic USA spending dollars every day on video games, on booze and drugs. What is art? What is pop? When does art become pop? Mm, what the masses like today, then the cult goes away. 20 billion million songs, 95% the same. Hey, when a band sounds great, move them out, it's getting late. Who determines what their fate? A and R in LA, flatheads doing blow all day. There's gotta be a better way of blowing dough a different way. This music business, one big mess of tits and dates and little spoons. Bartender, please, just one more round. I'm really sad, I'm really down. Give me a break, give me a break. This is a section from a long prose piece called A Herd. The woods were dark and cool at all times. They invited people in at their edges. But miles and miles deeper they stretched and congealed. No one went there. Animals retraced their step for this or that foggy belief. Little else knew or availed itself of that beauty. Someone would stagger in lost, starving or wounded, fall and die, then disappear into animals' mouths. Then one day, much later, maybe men would hike in and carry away the white sketch left behind. They would speak angrily, but nothing around them could understand, so they left things as they were. If there was a god, he would have liked to lift the cities up in the air with a wave of huge hand and plunge them into the womb, then drop them back at their seasides and in their valleys. He liked the idea of that mixture, and grew tired of both the city's sharpness and the woods' sleep. Wake the woods up, calm the cities down. But he couldn't do this for unknown reasons. He could only pour rain on the buildings, or snow when he was angry. And into the woods he pointed a hunter once in a while. Deep in the house, he turned boys over and over like things on a fire, and examined them, and opened them up. The man was learning real secrets, and he was growing too powerful. God was jealous. Stripping a boy, killing him, would not give God much pleasure. Humans were small. God would have to look through a spyglass until his arm ached. God wanted to cover the city with ice, but thought better of it. Slow down, he told himself. God lifted the roof off the man's house while he was busy over his victim. There was the man rummaging through a drawer full of tiny, sharp objects. God barely understood them. There was the boy covered with blood. There they were together making love. God lowered the roof in its niche. 
He leaned back until the house, then its city became a small dot on the earth, less than a dot. The earth was a dot, the most interesting one of the planets. God was flying backward through space, arms and legs stretched out before him like streamers. He looked a little like Martin Balsam when he flailed the front stairs in Psycho. But God was laughing, not shrieking, and that was how he would stay. All right, it's called Autograph. To find I've done the difficult things all my life, but the less complicated have been somehow neglected through it all. Never rode a two-wheeler, never danced a two-step, never came down off a wave at Malibu Beach. Oh, no. But I've chased tornadoes in Pontiac, Michigan, and falling stars in Fairfield, Iowa. I've avoided wars and following leaders. I split my personality in Pasadena at an early age. I kept waking up in gardens with Franciscan nuns stripped to the waist. I cheated at cards in a broken-down motel room in Reno. I governed Orange Grove graveyards under an assumed name. I married the boss's daughter and got strange raises. I forced Hollywood movie producers to make girls come alive, just like a Pepsi generation Marquis de Sade. And oh yeah, once, just once, did I ever write my autograph. Unfurl the black flag, John Haig. The banner you and your lady fashioned for me to carry on the 4th of July. The parades in Venice, USA. Fly the black flag of freedom and mutual aid in memory of my camarada, the dove, who perished from a cancer, aided and abetted by the destroyer of white corpuscle soldiers. Chemotherapy. Chemotherapy, funded by the non-taxable charitable Judeo-Christian grants propagandized by middle-class privatized idiots who must also perish from chemotherapy, as they will. My name is Henry. I come from Washington, D.C. I'm in a band called SOA. Got my own job. I got my own apartment. I shave my head every other day or so. My name is Henry. I sing in the band called Black Flag. People ask me why uh, um, why I look I've been like a black this flag about two like years. I moved out here to Came California to work the other day from on Washington, D.C. And this preppy and guy I live by the beach. I like to hang out at my beach. head. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. I, a bald head. I get to go swimming you, you and check out all kinds of shit in my pocket. And me and so all the guys in the band, we, we go all over the place. We play in the United States and all over Europe and all over Canada and stuff like that. It's got a problem. All I... My main stuff, the main stuff I do job. with my whole life, like right now, is, is like with Black Flag. Once every two months, we're gonna do and a record. It's rewarding and frustrating and all that shit. All I never talked to my parents together because they're just fucked up. Um, Mom's was a bitch. If I rip my, <laughs> my hands, <laughs> and my dad would probably fucking out. kill him. Fuck. Um, he sometimes I live, he runs I live by my store. Uh, a place he, called SST, which is about as big as this place in here, with about eight people living in it. And I see him. I'm. 
there's a girl I don't, I, like, I don't mean to harp or anything. I'm not trying to come on with any kind of rap like or me, but I don't give a fuck. You know, sometimes it gets pretty fucked. I, I hang with my friend trying to go to sleep and someone's fucking like, you know. Why do I do all this you know, stuff? I don't know. happening right nothing, next to you or some else shit like that, but it's it's pretty cool. We we get you, to you, I, I you, you asked me why this girl in, in, why, in Hollywood. Why I'm like this. pretty cool. I get happening. I'm like this cuz I'm like I'm scared. Oh. I'm scared of everything. That's why I well, it's, it's not, not so much many to tell you. Fights, I don't, I don't I have much to say these days. I like to fight. I just kind of try to show doing Brother Matt. Same. Let us know what made you do what you did to us with in our ear holes with your spin cycle this week. <laughs> well, the technical difficulties right. continue there till we got the replacement parts coming. So you understand, people, we don't have all the media playback materials, we uh, machinery. Down to one input right now. Right. So we bust out that old early 80s crackling vinyl. Actually, it comes from a time we, when we only had that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's real. So it is real. But Brother yeah. Matt's got plans. Harvey Kubernick there um, with the English as a second language side too. We're looking for new replacement parts, right. but in the meantime, we got a couple more sides. Because a lot of yeah, your beats so. is CD housed. Yeah, yeah. Because so. the vinyl is from the era actually kind of before the beats. <laughs> the Splongle. The Splongle era. <laughs> so but there anyway, you have it still was bitching, Brother Matt. Thank you so much for bringing Thank it. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. August 17, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
the pungent scent of freshly cut grass wafted through the balmy summer evening air. As I plowed the mower into the shaggy lawn, I needed to finish by 7.22. Give me plenty of time to get inside for my favorite primetime animated adventure show, Johnny Quest.
For Pedro Show, start off third hour with the Cutthroat Nine, Cutthroats Nine, with Dirty, and then Mini Beast, which is Peter from Mission to Burma. He's playing guitar now instead of drums. A few thoughts about thought crimes in 1969. Mold Omen out of Baltimore with one very long blink. Port Sunshine out of Hamburg with blue blue sky. Finally, Unsane with empty cartridge. And Chris is going to enlighten us to the Cutthroats Nine. Yeah, so 19, uh, 1999, uh, Unsane was taking a little break because we've been doing a shit ton of touring. Um, and I went out to San Francisco and met a, met up with a friend of mine, this guy Will Carroll, who now plays drums, strangely enough, in Death Angel. Um, but yeah, yeah, but he was a fucking prodigy, man. The guy is an incredible drummer. Um, and I convinced him to use a single kick pedal, um, <laughs> and, uh, and we just fucking, we just did it cause we were friends. We just did it cause we wanted to just, it was, I, the band had 12 bass players, you know, Whoa! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over, over just like three years. I think we had, we did have 12 different people play bass at different times. Um, so it was kind of me and him just doing a project and just getting in the van and fucking traveling around doing shows again back to fucking doing the down and dirty gritty kind of you know bar drunken fest you know um it was it was fun as hell that band was amazingly fun um why why cutthroats nine there was only three at a time right yeah, oh yeah, it's a power trio, yeah. again, as, as, that's pretty much all I've ever done, except yeah. for Human Impact, where we have a keyboard player who does sample us, because Jim is from Cop Shoot Cop, the guy who's in Human Impact. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, I knew him, I knew him from before he was in Cop, and when Unsane was just barely, you know, a fetus. Um, okay. So, yeah, so I wanted to play with Jim later, but so, I, I have the kind of habit of just playing with my friends, you know, playing music with my friends. It's it, to me, that's kind of what makes you know, it. No, that's worthwhile. what Raymond Pettibone told me once. He said, bands should be about friends playing together mm. instead, yeah, of, totally. instead of business arrangements or, you know, yeah, fuck all like that this. shit, man. I, you yeah. know, I don't want to have it be like some fucking, you know, trudge fucking bummer. <laughs> right. I yeah. remember yeah. Uh, seeing a Pink Floyd, Anaheim, maybe it was Animals, and it was four limos. You could see, each oh, yeah, you know what I mean? You could yeah. see them wheel in, and they were all, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And then yeah, they each had that. another dude doing their music parts on stage. I mean, it was just oh, yeah. all pretendo, the whole fucking thing. Here, yeah, yeah, here I want to play Cracked Up. That's a great pit.
Hold your breath and steal a kiss. You know the night is on our side. Fourteen years, twelve below. Now there's nothing left to hide. Tell your ma I swear I'll write her when the time is right. Fill those arms with brick dust, babe. Won't you take me home tonight? There's nothing left to say. All strung out like Jesse James. I saw you waltzing down the aisle. Dose me up to Kingdom Come and let me stay there for a while. But you just got the best of me. I'll break it like a dream. Tag me up and lock me down 'cause you're the ominous machine.
Bought from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Unsane with Cracked Up. Then Hogwind. Here's a band from the city. This has got, I don't know, you ever meet a guy up there called Grux? He had this band called Rainbow Carolina, and they'd always change it to some fucking shit. I mean, you talk about noise. I mean, this guy, the album covers, right? They put a sack of dirt in the fucking, very individualistic. I remember playing with them. They had two lead singers at the time. Minute Man, uh, we're going on after him. Uh, the, one guy's dressed like the beast, uh, like fucking Ad Rock or something. And he b- flips oh, over, shit. and he yeah, sideways baseball hat shit. And he flips over yeah. on his on his back, and he bends over and he whoops out the, like, like night just whoop it out. He fires out this like foot long big rubber dildo out his yang, and it flew across <laughs> the stage. I looked at D Boone. I said, "How are we gonna fucking down do that?" <laughs> D Boone said, "It was like you guys don't stop, you know, don't stop." <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, he's got this band. It's called Hogwin and uh, Einstein's End and Noy Beatles 2 2. It was live uh, last month. Uh, SLWMBB Jr. with Gr- Grind Me and Faith from Iowa City, Electra Capra, right? Electra Goat, because uh, they're from Italy. Santana, Almare. Uh, head Cut with Tears, Send for the Whiskey, Cursed of Lono. And then finally, Unsane with Fix It. Not Fix Me, but Fix It. Remember, uh, Flag had a song called Fix Me. Fix It? Well, no, they had one called Fix Me, right? Fix Me. Right? <laughs> fix yeah. Me, Please, I Don't Want to Be Dead, Just Fix <laughs> <laughs> So I think it was on Nervous Breakdown. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah, Don't Have Robo. It has some guy they had. Uh, God, what is it? He, he ate a lot of Quaalude, they told me. He never could hold the beat. Something oh, like shit. I can't remember his name right <laughs> Wait, now. he was a drummer? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, and he, ate he was the same guy who played drums in, uh, uh, in uh, what was, what was uh, Dukowski's band before that? Worm. Worm. Yeah, Worm. Oh, okay. okay. Huh. Uh, wow. Memory, that sounds you know, really, really fucking detrimental to be eating Quaaludes and playing drums. <laughs> yeah. Migdal. His name is Migdal. And, uh, okay. uh, he's the yeah. guy who's actually on that seven inch. It ain't Robo. Robo's, huh. uh, I think the first thing Robo's on is. Uh, Six pack or, or clocked in off cracks in the side, but uh, getting back to let's talk about human impact because that's what you're doing right now, right? Correct. Yeah, and I'm also we're reissuing um, uh, Todd Cote, my manager. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, got got all the rights to my shit back over oh, COVID. Yeah, man, I couldn't believe it. I fucking tried forever, and labels don't really acknowledge the actual band member. You know what I mean? So you get. You get a third party to get out there and fucking tell me as a lawyer. And <clears throat> people are pretty more responsive. I mean, so a lot of the labels I've been on, well, again, I've been with like friends, like yeah. Tom Hazelmeyer or, you know, they're, they're, they're just people I know. But then there are others like Relapse who are trying to hold you, hold out on you. You know, I'd call them and be like, hey, I think I have the rights back to this record. And they're like, oh, no, you signed this and this. And I'm like, well, send me the contract. They won't do it. Um <clears throat> but anyway, so Todd got all of my shit back. Yeah. So we're reissuing <clears throat> all the earth, the first shit. We're starting out chronologically from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and reissuing the first self-titled record. So me and my friends from Austin, uh, my friend Eric Cooper and John Sibison from Daughters, are yeah. uh, are just playing the early shit. We're just going out and doing the early shit for a tour that starts in o- October in Europe. Um, so we're just doing six weeks of that. Uh, and then we start writing, and then I'm back to writing more shit with Human Impact. Okay. So, so I'm kind of doing both. And where, people want to find you on the internet, what's the best place for them to go to? 
uh, just unsane, unsane Bandcamp is they can get all, anything, okay. you know, all our shit. So. Ah, so you got all the stuff on the Bandcamp page now. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Great. Okay. And, uh, you know, about that, why don't, what would your advice be to younger people, especially now when you can set up your own Bandcamp page and maybe you don't even have to go to a label? Yeah, that's a little weird because uh, Todd actually also set me up with a company called Virtual Label, which they just fulfill orders for you. Like you press the records, you get all the shit done, yeah. and you you know you get somebody to do publicity shit, yeah. um, and then they just fucking fulfill orders and keep track of all the money coming in or all the money, all the pennies coming in <laughs> from digital <laughs> shit. Right. Um, you know, but they just kind of keep track of all that shit for you and then kind of give you and they just give you a statement every three months. So I don't it's a fucking big it, there's so much shit and so many different places to get, you know, to sort of keep track of right. doing this. Um, I mean, I think if you're just starting out, if you can swing it and you want to tour, just tour like hell, do that Bandcamp page and press your own records. It is possible. But you kind of need somebody to do some publicity for you. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah, tree falls in the woods, nobody hears it. Right, you know right. What I'm and there's a lot of cats out there playing. Yeah, totally. Come, so, right to book I mean, a tour you know, now. The, I, I try to tell people about booking tours. You got to be almost a year out now. Yeah, no shit. I know, man. You got to be like nine months to a year yeah, out at this point. Yeah. And especially after COVID, because everybody fucking wants, wants to, to go tour play right again. Now. Right. Yeah, no but, shit. I know. So, uh, okay, so go out there and play. Also, your band's going to get better. And, when, and what about songwriting? Is it harder to write songs from way back? What, from way back? What do you mean? You. <laughs> In your uh, career. <laughs> oh, was it harder to write songs at the beginning? No, right now. Is it harder to write songs than it was back then? No, I don't think so. Because no. some people, you know, they run out of gas, right? Yeah, they run out of shit. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, me personally, I just kind of, just kind of make. I mean, I kind of my brain. There must have been a way. reason for human impact, right? Well, you like playing with your friends. Yeah, I like playing with Jim, and Jim does all this crazy fucking electronic shit. Sure. So then, and also, you know, in the songwriting process, he he just cough up some a couple like keyboard things and then i can be like well i can write a bass line for this and then i can write guitar for that and then you write bass lines on it yeah of course okay. no i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden watts ears got about 500 feet across <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is the way to stay fresh is bring fresh cats yeah different angles yeah different angles and even i mean it's like if cooking with different with stuff machine if i just sit down with a drum machine yeah. and do a beat then I can think of some shit for that. I can make shit up pretty easy. I, I don't like to get too complicated. I yeah. just want to keep it fucking simple yeah. and power as powerful as possible. Yeah. So you know, I, I don't. I don't really. And you never worry about it not sounding like Chris Spencer. Yeah, I mean, it always does. Kind of. I don't know. I yeah, mean, it does, you know, in I, my book, it does. All these projects yeah. sound very close. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. Okay. It's Safe be fun. seas. Beautiful. Come back on the show anytime you want, Chris. Please. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Okay. People, August 17, 2022, this is why Peter said, keep your powder dry.